Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to Private Education, the Smart Sex and Relationships podcast. I'm Ashton Keenan and I'm Andrea, Dr. Dre. Um, and we are back, but we will be going soon because this is the last, <laughs> this is the last episode of season two. Now we've done 12, this is, this is number 12, we've done 11. Um, and we're going to have a little few weeks break where Andrea and I will put our heads together and come up with some ideas for season three. Um, there's there's also potential. You see, we, we I haven't actually discussed this with Andrea yet, but there's talk in my head <laughs> of potentially recording the like video recording our our uh, sessions, our recording sessions, and putting them on YouTube. Maybe ah, I want to do that. Do you think? Do you think it would be Yeah, good? I think it I feel like it would be good. I feel like people would be good. into that. I think they might. Because then they'll be able to see our faces. And they'll, and be, our, they'll be able um, to see. <laughs> I don't know if that's such a good idea because sometimes yeah. I, yeah, okay. You look, we'll give it a go. We'll give it a go. We'll give it a go. And who's that's to really say? Fun. My, like, there's there's a lock that can be, you know, guessed from my face, as you know. If anyone, yeah. anyone that's listening that, that knows me in real life will know that every waking emotion that I have is featured all over my face at all times so you can always tell I would I make a terrible terrible liar because you can always tell by my eyebrows pretty much Hmm. they do (laughs) give it away they do they do (laughs) give it away (laughs) Um, so right for the last episode of season two we are going to talk about conversations you need to have with a person that you're considering either getting engaged to or getting married to and um, preferably these conversations will be had pre-engagement but failing that definitely pre-marriage I think these conversations need to be had so Andrea and I have picked five topics each 10 in total quick maths there well done me and we're gonna start with which well, this one I actually think this is the very 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 first one that occurred to me when I thought about conversations you need to have with someone that you're considering getting engaged to or marrying um, and that is money mm. so the reason I say that is like money is so important in a relationship and you need to be fully abreast of how much money your partner has what they earn how much debt they might be in um, and all of those sorts of things where they get their money do their family have money are they good savers because you are going to be legally bound to this person and if you are legally bound to them you are intrinsically linked to their finances Mm -hmm. for better or for worse as they say in those and 
so like if, if you know for me like um and all, you know things like ask them do they want to have a joint account do they want to share finances do they want to keep their finances separate from their partner and um, ask them <coughs> excuse me sorry ask them you know um like I, I know of a couple who um, it wasn't until they were like deep into their relationship that uh, one person discovered that the other person was like really, really uh, wealthy and had lots and lots of savings. And meanwhile, the other half of that couple was like scrounging to save for a, a deposit for a mortgage and, you know, on a yeah. very, very tight budget every month. And then when eventually they decided to get married, it was like, oh, no, sure, we're grand. We can get a mortgage for two million quid if we want. And that caused a bit of resentment, I think, because mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think so. And it can be like if you're at the stage where you're going to be getting engaged or getting married, and I agree, get before you get engaged, even because it's it's if you're going to be getting engaged, it's quite serious. And the intention is to get married. Yeah. So, you know, it's a good opportunity before that happens to have a have a chat about those things. And I think slowly asking questions through like as you're starting to get to know somebody is a good idea instead of sitting down across the table and being like, so open your bank account, let me see what's going on. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't have yeah. to be like that, yeah. but there does need to be a frank conversation around finances and people's relationship with money, I think is important. Yeah. Um, especially when marriage ends up, you know unless it's prenuptial agreements or whatever, whatever occurs, like you, as you say, your debt will be their debt and their debt, debt will be your debt. And you just. And, and also like, even if neither of you has debt in particular, right. And you're not, you know, in danger of in, inheriting someone's debt, because I know that's mm. different depending on the country, depending on the location, you, you know, you might not inherit debt depending on where you are in the world. But like, even you know are they a good saver are they responsible with money are they mm-hmm. how do they view their money how do they use their money and um, what do they consider um value you know are they do they gamble do they shop online a lot like it's it's very useful to know if you're gonna if you're gonna permanently attach yourself to someone legally you know money comes into it almost every conversation that you'll have money will come into the um well it'll come into the wedding conversation you know planning a wedding Mm -hmm. into the where how are we going to buy a house conversation come into the how much can we travel conversation like you'll come into everything and I just think it's a really 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 important one to and and I know you're saying like don't just sit across the table and you know okay open your bank account there but like actually I kind of feel like it can be as frank as that. If you are at the stage with someone where you know them well enough that you think you want to marry them, uh, I think it can be that frank. Like it can be, we need to talk about finance. You know, how much do you earn? What do you do with it? Do you save? Do you not save? How much have you got in different accounts? Um, Are you in credit card debt? Like, because if you then are, you know, building a household with someone and they're in, say they're in like, I don't know, 100 grand worth of credit card debt they're gonna your household income is going to be affected by them having to pay off mm-hmm. ridiculous interest and ridiculous yeah. loans you know so like because you, you, you're no longer now obviously lots of people keep their finances completely separate and that's absolutely fine but in most cases it it makes sense I suppose to 
merge finances and mm-hmm. if you are merged with someone who like you know a, a big chunk of their income goes to paying off massive massive loans or student loans or debt or whatever it is mm-hmm. that's something that you kind of need to know I think yeah no I I definitely definitely agree and not to not to focus on debt it's just it's so important because you're starting on a back foot then without even knowing if you didn't have that conversation beforehand mm-hmm. um yeah no I I completely completely agree and the other thing to note as well I think is when you are joining a financial union so to speak mm-hmm. of you and your other half the conversations need to be had about like what's fair as a contribution depending on what your income is because oh, yeah, it's not yeah. equal it's fair yeah. If you understand yes. what I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. so the oh percentage God, of your point, yeah, the percentage of your money that you're willing to put towards the the joint account mm-hmm. should be reflective of what it is that you earn, and like maybe the percentage is the same, but the amount of money you earn is different, so that amount is different for each person, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah. But yeah. that's key as well, it is. and having a conversation around if you're setting up a household, what you're in charge of and what they're in charge of, and it comes back to the responsibility piece. How yeah. what are you going to take responsibility for so that mm-hmm. you don't end up in arrears as a couple as a result of you know somebody yeah. not being responsible yeah because you could be really financially responsible and you marry a person who it really isn't and yeah. that will impact you know your mm-hmm. everything about your life really and yeah. um, what's next what was the first thing on your list religion and that could be like talking pre-engagement that could be a conversation that you'd have around what are we going to do with our wedding ceremony like are we going to have a wedding like Mm -hmm. a traditional wedding will there be religion involved yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you know yeah uh, and then that would kind of segue into children and like religion for your family and if that's Mm -hmm. important for you and what that might look like in that conversation so I think that's important too totally and I think it's it's important in the context of yes you know what type of wedding will you have will it be in a church will it be in a um like a mosque will it be in a non-denominational civil service or will it be humanist will it be spiritualist there's so Mm -hmm. many different ways it could take place um but and, and then obviously the what religion your family will be is a big huge one because if you are the same religion as your as your partner but say for instance they're like very very practicing or active within their religion yeah and you're not particularly is it a case you would rather your children your your potential children not be active or would you rather would you not really care and then like because you know two people of the same religion might be like oh we're, we're both the same religion so that's fine like we don't mm-hmm. need to discuss that that's not always the case because Mm-mm how involved in that religion you would like to be as a couple and how involved in that religion your potential family will be is a discussion worth having so I definitely think that's a a big one um I had that with my husband when we had Lydia because we had to discuss whether we wanted a christener or whether we didn't and I was brought up Roman Catholic and so was he Mm -hmm. and neither of us are practicing Catholics anymore and I have actually since unregistered myself or whatever it is that you do from the church but um, have you, have you yeah. just have you got yourself to uh, was it just communicated what is it excommunicated yeah. you excommunicate yourself <laughs> I did and I put it on the census as well that I'm non you know whatever you let's not get into that right now okay we'll come, we'll come back <laughs> we'll to that sorry later yeah. but uh yeah so I just because I well I mean look I don't want to offend anyone who is 
uh, enjoying their Catholic faith. But I, I, and I actually, do you know what it is? It's not even Catholicism. It's not Christianity that I dislike. I actually quite like those religions and I think they're lovely and I think there are beautiful elements. I do not feel comfortable with the Catholic Church as an institution mm-hmm. um, because, to be frank, they hate women, uh, they hate children and they hate gay people and any kind of queer person and they don't agree with trans people and I'm just can't I can't be can't be involved yeah I can't be involved personally so this is but this is the conversation that my husband and I had to have and it is definitely something that is important and thankfully we had it before we got married but and we're on the same page obviously but it is a biggie um the next thing that kind of leads on to the next thing on my list which was children and mm-hmm. um, so do obviously the main question do you want any you know do you want to have a, a fa- extend your family from two people to three four or five and more and mm-hmm. um, how many children you might like to have and a key thing that some people might not talk about in advance because obviously, you know, you're going to have the children talk and that kind of would come up. I would imagine it's probably come up for you already with your your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Even though you guys aren't together like years and years and years. And um, it's something that you almost talk about quite early on, I find, in like dating or whatever. But mm. something that people often neglect to discuss is what would your preference be if conceiving became a problem? So would you like to as a couple go down the IVF route would mm-hmm. you like to adopt would you like to foster and um, if IVF wasn't an option would you consider surrogacy and um, all of those things are an important discussion like and we had it here as well we said that if we couldn't conceive naturally IVF wasn't something that was going to be for us and that was just a again a completely personal choice for us and adoption wasn't going to be for us either and thankfully again we're on the same page and we were on the same page from the get-go but that is something to ask your other half like because you might both say yes we definitely want to you know we want family we'd love three kids grant Mm -hmm. but but what happens then if you can't have them or what happens if you struggle to conceive like Mm -hmm. what are your choices then and are they in alignment with your partner's choices is a key thing yeah, I think that's huge. And I, I think you're so right. People don't really go past the, do we want to have children? And then what does that look like in in, exactly. in a couple of different scenarios, you know, yeah. running yeah. running the scenarios through. So that's really good. I really like that one. What's um, one? I suppose it, stress and how you manage and deal with stress. And mm-hmm. like, just not like I've had a stressful day, but like in life, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how, how do you deal with like hardship? Mm-hmm. Like what, what is your, I remember, I think it was a friend or could have been a motivational speaker because what I'm about to say seems a little bit (laughs) intense, but I remember somebody saying, I don't want to be in a relationship with somebody that hasn't experienced hardship because if you don't know how to manage something big, I don't want to teach it. And I remember thinking that's really hard, (laughs) you know, that's that's a lot, but 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 a part of me kind of understands because if you get into so like I'm in my 30s now if you haven't experienced something that has caused you to question you know how do I manage this how do I cope Mm. 
and you're faced with that in your 30s, those life skills aren't necessarily there. And some people have a completely, you know, beautiful, privileged, fantastic life. And I don't mean privileged in a negative way. I just mean like they haven't experienced loss or they haven't experienced. They're lucky. Yeah, they're lucky. They're lucky. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And then for something to happen, it can almost be like breaking point, you know, because you're faced with that as an adult and you've never developed coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. up until then now I don't think there are many of those people in the world unfortunately because the world we live in but it was just something that stuck with me and I think what what it speaks to more is your coping style and your you know how you not only your coping style but how you want to be treated when you're feeling like that as well I think that comes into it because the couple will suffer one way or another you know yeah and I think as well like with that one how much alone time do you need when you're feeling stressed? Do you yeah. need support? Do you need encouragement? Do you need me to keep away from you and stay quiet? Like, because sometimes like Dean and I will have this conversation where I'll need, I'll be stressed and I'll need to rant. And mm-hmm. he'll, I, 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 at the start, he did not say this, but now I have kind of um, trained him for one mm-hmm. better phrase to basically say to me, do you want advice here or do you want, to just be listened to and quite mm-hmm. often what I want when I'm having a rant or when I'm stressed and I need somebody to talk to I don't I don't want advice I'm not looking for advice I'm not looking for help I'm not looking for someone to say well this is what you should do all I'm looking for is someone to listen to me and someone mm-hmm. to say oh my god that's awful or what you know and to just give me yeah. some kind words so knowing how your partner would want you're completely right knowing how your partner would want to be treated when under particular times of stress or grief or loss mm-hmm. or sadness or any of those things that you know we will inevitably go through in our lives is a really um yeah it's a really important question to to ask and you know uh looking back obviously you know when you're dating when you're getting to know each other past traumas will come up and it's mm-hmm. it's a good thing to kind of note how your partner dealt with those things because that's probably an indicator of how they will deal with things going forward absolutely I agree 100 percent one of the big ones for me uh is and was um the balance of parenting and the balance Mm. of uh I want to say home home home-based labor so like you know chores you know housework Mm -hmm. and putting out the bins emptying the dishwasher who cleans the floors who cleans the bathrooms you know and then also what is that what is your partner's expectation on you for parenting the division of parenting labor and what is their what is their expectation of you and what is your expectation of them and because it's all very well and good to decide yes we'd love to have a family and yes we'd love to have children and you know uh have a house and do whatever but like if you have a child with someone and then all of a sudden you realize that they are you know only interested in being a parent on Saturday afternoons you're Mm-mm. you know pretty pretty fucked then um, and yeah. that's not, you know that's not something that um and it, you know it's not even if you haven't had that conversation it's not even something that you can be particularly you obviously will be particularly annoyed but it's something that you need to say in advance you need to get that on on paper before you have a child um or even before you have a pet uh, before you have anything beyond yourselves, you need to decide who does what in the house, who's willing to do what. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, like for me, I'm, I'm not, I just 
don't deal with bins. I just don't do it. It makes me like the smell makes me gag. I don't like touching dirt. I don't like I just don't like emptying bins, basically. And so my husband does that. And Mm -hmm. there are things in the house that I do as a kind of to balance that out, you know, and we we came to the conclusion that our division of household labor is 50 50 and I'm happy with that. Um, and the division of parenting is probably, I'd say, 75, 25, purely based on the fact that he works full time and I don't. Um, mm-hmm. And like, you know, when we're both there or when it's when it's one or the other, like he probably he probably parents 25 percent solo and I probably parent 75 percent solo. If you get what I'm saying. I understand completely. But it's 100 <clears> percent <throat> something that needs to be discussed in advance because you could end up very very bloody disappointed I I I I can't speak to the parenting side of things but I I completely understand but I can understand how that would become very quickly Mm. a very big point of contention where it's like sorry this is our child yeah (laughs) you know what I mean like because 50 50 well, you think when you have, like, you think when you get pregnant, you think when you're pregnant, you're like, oh, well, you know, 50-50, we, we both had this baby. It's both of ours. We, mm-hmm. we literally gave it 50% of everything that it has. Ergo, you know, the division of parenting will be 50-50. But I, I don't even, I don't know of any couple, I don't know of any couple that has children where the division of parenting is exactly equal. 50-50, yeah. Yeah. Like I really don't. And yeah. that's something that like I'm not saying it has to be. I don't think it has to be. And it, in fact, in, in my case, it's not. But I just think that you have to know what the other person is is expecting and is willing to do. What is next on your list? So it kind of comes back to the stress thing. Sorry, I just yawned if I sound a bit strange. <laughs> I was trying to do it quietly. We're all very tired. <laughs> um coming back to the stress thing, it's kind of related to that, but it's communication style. Oh yeah, and that yeah, is yeah, yeah. so important. And I know we've done we've done episodes on that mm-hmm. before. Oh, like yeah, on, like love languages and shit too. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's really important because you need to know. I think if you don't have an understanding of what you what you need and what you want and what your partner needs and what they want, it's just going to cause stress, un- unnecessary stress. Because if you have an understanding of that before you get there, great. Also, if you have this conversation and you realize that actually this isn't going to jive with my worldview mm-hmm. you're getting out before you're in do you know yeah 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 and I think that the communication thing like it's just it's more than just you know like oh let's let's always make sure we keep talking but it's 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 beyond that it's how you communicate so like some people are um some people are inclined to uh like if they're having an argument or whatever some people are inclined to shut down and say nothing and then mm-hmm. mull it over for an hour and then come back. Other people are inclined to. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You talk first, think later, and yeah. say things that they might regret. Other people are, you know, some people are this this sounds awful, but some people are like shouters, as in they when they have arguments, they raise their voice and they slam doors and they get very animated. And I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing, but it's probably um something a learned behavior from their family or their their own parents or you know whatever mm-hmm. environment they grew up in like for me I have never ever ever heard my parents raise their voice to each other and that's not how they you know don't get me wrong they argue and they have you know have always argued like normal couples but like they've never raised their voice so my way of communicating with my husband is like we never raise our voices and I would be absolutely gobsmacked if either of us ever ended up having a screaming match now we have other we have other ways of you know facing each other head to head like we've other ways of having arguments yeah and often like he's a bit of a sulker as in he shuts down a bit whereas mm-hmm. I'm like no no we need to talk about this immediately now yeah and we need to completely resolve it before I can you know move on with my life where yeah. he's just like oh no I'm I'm good we're just I'm just gonna shut down and I thought you know so yeah we do have um arguments just in different ways and figuring out what way your other half argues or what way your other half just communicates what way do they like to have conversations what way do they express themselves best mm-hmm. is something to look at I think agree um, my next one <laughs> my next one is in-laws or outlaws as my mom sometimes <laughs> refers to them as. <laughs> um this one's kind of a simple not so geez no in-laws are never simple but like this one is to do with I suppose when you get with someone how involved with their family are you going to be expected to be Mm-hmm. And how involved in your family are they going to be expected to be? So like for me, I'm very close to my family. I know you're incredibly close to your family. And mm-hmm. um, I like to see my family very, very, very frequently. Like I would probably see both my parents three or four times a week. Uh, I would see my sister the same, uh, my nephew the same. Whereas with my husband's parents, we probably see his mom once a week. We probably see his dad less often, you know, mm. and, and there's, and that's kind of fine. And um, we probably would go to family occasions with my family more often purely because they have them more often because we yeah. have really family. And um, we would probably go to his stuff less often, but I quite enjoy spending time with his family. So it's not, you know, like, I think the thing is, what's the expectation? Um, and then also, 
and this is an interesting one if there was ever to be a conflict between mm. an in-law and one half of the couple so say for instance in your case right say whatever happened your boyfriend's mother was like no I'm not doing that and you were you were like no no we are doing that that's exactly what's happening say I don't know say for instance you had a child Mm. and you decided that you weren't going to christen it and then your mother-in-law was like oh no the child is being christened Mm -hmm. that puts your boyfriend in a very awkward position Mm -hmm. he is between the head of his family and the one half of his new family mm-hmm. do you know what I mean so like that's a conversation worth having as well who basically who is going to win that fight is it yeah. going to be is it going to be you guys as a couple making a decision or is it going to be um an in-law mm-hmm. and like things like you know minor things like well I, you know I'd really prefer if you got married in a church or if I'd really prefer if whatever whatever like those sorts of things can cause huge issues in couples because yeah. one half of the couple will be like, well, I need to do what my mom says. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that might mm-hmm. not be, that might not be for the best, shall we say. Absolutely. It just mightn't be for the couple. No, exactly. Yeah. And, but, but that's worth talking about because that can cause all huge sorts issues. of chaos. Yeah. yeah. Like if, if that's not decided, ahead, you know, ahead of time, mm-hmm. um, that you can run into serious serious all sorts yeah Mm. I agree that's really important what's your next one deal breakers which kind of leads on from in-laws in a (laughs) in a big way but like what's what's the what's the end of days do you know I mean where's your line Mm -hmm. like what is it what is it going to take what like like what is it going to take to for the relationship to break down as far as you're concerned what does that look like you know what I mean what would constitute the end um do you mean like what would what would call what would excuse me what would cause you to look for a divorce yeah okay that's interesting Mm. and actually that's not a conversation that I've had with with D yeah or like or or even like you know big things so like what wouldn't what would make the relationship not work from either person's perspective so yeah how how would things end mm-hmm. or what's like a big thing that you're not willing to move on do you know that kind of way like something like where do you want to live yeah that that could be one yeah definitely that could be or, one like or children could be one children could be one yeah you know yeah. or faith and re- religion could be one you know like it depends but like it, that's quite specific to yeah. each individual but I suppose a deal breaker could be like, obviously we're assuming that you'll have had the children conversation, mm. but if you got into a relationship and you were both like, yeah, we want to have kids, we want to have a family. And then down the line, one person was like, actually, do you know what? I've changed my mind on that. That might be a deal breaker. Yeah. You know, or yes, the discussion on where to live um, or something like if you fell out of love, like, what mm-hmm. would that what would that look like for you like as in is that something is that a, a condition under which you would be like I think we should break up here mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so basically talk amongst yourselves and list the things that you think might yeah like signal the end of the relationship and what wh- how far it would have to go before you'd be like I want this I, like I, yeah. I legally want to be unmarried from you 
Mm-hmm. Um, the next one, and I think this is incredibly important, incredibly important, is sex. And of course, I think this is incredibly important as the host of a sex podcast. But your sex expectations, hey. Ooh, nice. It, well, it's just, I mean, listen, it's just more convenient to merge those two words. Yeah, it is. Sex expectations is actually much more difficult to say. Um, but your expectations around sex are very, 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 very important. And here's the reason why, Andrea. No. Yes, you can, if you think about it, right, you can kind of outsource most issues in a relationship, right? So say you are having problems with your communication style, go mm-hmm. to a couple therapist. Mm-hmm. If you are having problems with the division of labor in the household, hire a cleaner, hire a childminder put your kids in crash. Now, obviously, look, all this is, is finance pending and like this all requires money, but, but like kind of just hypothetically speaking. In the ideal world, there are places uh, that you could get this help. Exactly. So even with, you know, how you deal with stress, there are ways like in a couple, within a couple, there are, there are ways of dealing with most things externally. When it comes to sex, the only place to deal with it is internally in the couple now obviously look you can go to sex therapy I'm not saying that that can't be done it can of course but sex is such an intimate thing Mm -hmm. that really the only place that it can be resolved is among two people yeah I agree 100% and look obviously it can be resolved with three or four or five people and that resolution can be divorced but what you do you know what I mean if you are in a couple where you're you're you haven't discussed how often you want to have sex, what good sex means to you, um, you know, how how is your libido affected by hormones? How is your libido in general? Is it high? Is it low? Is it medium? Does it change? Does it fluctuate? How do you feel when you go for a while without sex? How do you feel when, you know, are you, is it okay if you masturbate? Is it okay if you watch porn? All of those things are so important and they're so intimate and so um like I don't know, they're just they're just so private to a couple and mm-hmm. to a couple that it's it, it, you need to have that conversation you really mm-hmm. do and I feel like if if you're in a couple that isn't particularly sexually compatible it might not be a huge huge issue now but I think like as in in the present moment mm-hmm. But I think sexual incompatibility only gets worse as time passes and therefore could lead to much larger issues down the road. So it's worth chatting about, about them, you know, as, as early on as you possibly can, I think. Yeah. And that, that kind of counts for like the duration of your relationship. I would always say keep the lines of communication open, particularly when it comes to sex, because as uh, Lisa said in one of the previous episodes this season, like it's it's uh, your sex life is a kind of a mirror of your of how your relationship is going. So if mm-hmm. your sex life is, you know, non-existent, your relationship is probably broken down in terms of communication as well. Yeah. So the sex conversation is it's big, huge. Yeah, it it is, and like everybody's expectations and the expectations that everybody has within the relationship are quite personal so there's no number there's no right there's no wrong 
as we've said before when we've brought up this topic, but understanding that at the at the foundation of a, a serious relationship is so important because mm-hmm. you're right it's reflective but it also like keeping the lines of communication I think open around that is important because as we get older and as life happens you're not the same person you know we're not the same person we were when we were you know in our teens in mm-hmm. our 20s and, our, and that changes so I think it's important to just keep that going that chat yeah. That's not yeah. a one and done kind of thing. No. no, it's not. It's a really, it's an ongoing conversation. But I definitely think having a big chat about sex and all its wonders at the the at the apex, like as in yeah, when you're about to make the decision to like get engaged or married, have a big open discussion about sex. And actually an indicator that maybe you're not quite ready to make that kind of commitment to each other is if the big sex conversation is kind of awkward. Like if you're like, oh god I really don't want to talk to them about sex that's a signal that like you actually aren't as intimate with this person as you think you are Mm -hmm. and because being able to sit down with someone face to face in a non-sexual situation and be like okay how often do you want to do this do you like what what turns you on what doesn't like that's a difficult conversation to have and it takes a lot of maturity and it takes a lot of confidence and it takes a lot of security within a, a pairing yeah and so that's I actually think that's a lovely indicator of are we ready to commit to each other long term here because it's it's a really intimate thing that you have to feel very very safe within a partnership to be able to do mm-hmm. um, and that leads us on to what I believe is your last uh, point Andrea Jane Doyle uh, fidelity oh or in- infidelity oh I'm gonna choke <laughs> oh no <laughs> Please don't die. I, I don't unfortunate. Think if, you, if you passed away live on air, I don't think I could cope with it. I don't think you could. I don't think you could broadcast it either. So give you a second. <laughs> Sorry. Go on. Yes, fidelity and infidelity, and I suppose to begin with, what does that mean to you? Because yeah. it's a spectrum, uh, as we've learned recently, um, with people. What's what was the thing that cushioning? etc so you know what I mean how that's perceived but anyway so you need to have an understanding around what that means what what you would constitute cheating and what your partner would constitute cheating Mm -hmm. and then it's it's bizarre how different people's opinions I know like it's actually wild it was and when you start having these conversations even with friends you're like oh no absolutely not that wouldn't be okay and they're like well that's not that bad (laughs) personally that's red flag behavior do you know what I mean so it's yeah I think I think it's important and I think um like again it just kind of comes back to the point you made about the mirror what do you do then if somebody does cheat and how you might cope with that and what does that signal to be you know what I mean so there's that whole other thing to unpack but I think that's huge I think understanding what the expectate it's kind of like going into a partnership like any kind of partnership what are the expectations of the person like no I don't want you to be you know talking to other people in an intimate way or emotionally having having an emotional relationship so you know what I mean like it, what people are comfortable with and what they're not is different but I, it's important I, like, I was on somebody's Instagram page today I can't even remember who it was if I'm honest but uh I took I did you know the way like you're flicking through and I saw a, a poll and basically it was like something like um is flirting cheating mm. and it was like just yes or no and I picked no because I don't think it is like yeah like obviously sustained flirting with the same person over a really long time could be perceived as cheating but I don't think like you know 
like if, if my husband was to go to go on a night out and somebody was to flirt with him I wouldn't be like well you've cheated on me and mm. that that for me is not is not a line well but I you, think the yeah. definition of flirting it's see this is what it comes back to okay what yes, do you yes, constitute yes. flirting well I would I would constitute anything that's non-physical like chat being chatted up or having a bit of banter having a bit of banter yeah and a bit like, of crack yeah like obviously you know anything physical I think I would probably have an issue with and I also think I would have a problem with if it was uh like extended chats over the course of a long time I'd probably be a bit like what's going on here yeah but on a night out or on a you know on a once-off kind of I've just met this person and they're chatting to me and it's all very flirty like I wouldn't have a problem with that if if that was to happen with Mm -hmm. my husband um, I don't think he'd feel the same about me, which is interesting. Like, I think he would have a problem there. And um, I don't think he'd appreciate anyone flirting with me, if I'm honest. Mm. But, uh, but that's fine, because I know what my boundaries are. And I know, and he knows what his boundaries are. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he knows what I find. But then as well, some people, you know, some people consider watching porn to be cheating. And some people consider, but then other people consider like, it's only cheating if you have sex in 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 this 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 province do you know what I mean it's yeah it's like there's so many variations there's such a like a spectrum as you said yeah and I think what cheating means I think it's what works for the 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 partnership what that Mm -hmm. what that looks like but I think and it doesn't have to be the same no no you know no each person has different preferences 100 Mm -hmm. but I think you see the way you said flirting and somebody was like yes or no is this mm-hmm. cheating yeah. I think going down a level and being like yeah. well what does that mean to you where mm-hmm. does that start and end and then what what what's after that and what does that mean because yeah. that is where I think people fall down I don't think I think I think people the lack of communication mm-hmm. the lack of uh defining parameters around this kind of stuff is where people get themselves in an awful big hole Mm-hmm. yeah and it's really like the cheating question is or the infidelity question is a definite deal breaker I think as well so mm. like if if in advance of getting married or getting engaged you discover that your partner doesn't consider I don't know doesn't consider consider oral sex as cheating which, mm. I mean you're you're not gonna if that if that's a 100% cheating for you you're not going to be happy and you're not gonna, like that's not gonna, yeah. it, it's not gonna work you know what I mean and um, you and, and even if your preferences are different you do still have to come to an agreement of sorts and this is it respect the other person's personal boundary about what infidelity what constitutes infidelity mm-hmm. uh, I think that's the end Adre I think that is the end of the episode I was calling you Adrea which is what I always call what, what I, Lydia calls you basically and <laughs> um, Adrea um Except she doesn't say it nearly no. as, like she's 18 months old. She can't pronounce Andrea yet. Although she can't say belly button, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> it's one of my favourite things. It's one of my favourite things. She can't say man, but she could say belly button. It's like, I don't understand the child. She's a she's an anomaly. Anyway, we're, uh, we'll wrap it up, will we? Because you are about to fall asleep and I am absolutely wrecked. And you know what I'm going to go in and watch now before I, well, I, I'm going to watch the first four and a half minutes of and then I'm going to fall asleep. Taskmaster. Oh yes! If First anyone and they haven't watched Taskmaster, please take it from me. It is one of the best shows on television. It is so funny, so so funny. And you can why? Why are you pointing at me? Because 
I told you about this and you refused. I know. So did my, so did Dean. So did Dean. Yeah, he was like, you have to watch Taskmaster. And I was like, no, I'm not watching it. It looks The coax in me and your husband have to get you to do, to watch some things sometimes. Uh, I feel like, I feel like they have to be subliminally messaged into you, like in the background of like your favorite shit. You know what I mean? Well, it kind of does. And I'll tell you why. I don't have a lot of time on my hands to watch television. So if I'm going to decide to watch something, I need to be like 100% certain that I'm going to love it. Like, Mm. I mean, it has to be something. If I'm going to give an hour a day to television, it has to be grade a television and I just wasn't I wasn't convinced on Taskmaster and then look I got convinced that's all fine now it's brilliant do you know what not to waste your time with to you and to the listeners the watcher okay yeah really oh well I wouldn't watch anyway because it seems pretty scary and you know how I'm not down for scary it starts off pretty scary descends into just incredible just madness madness and then like completely unbelievable and then a letdown at the end so there you go oh, that's my no. review yeah and come here is it is it does it descend into the supernatural no 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 all right because you see I was watching something before what was it I can't remember oh strange things no 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 no, no. it was a like a limited series I think it only had like eight or nine episodes total right. and I was watching it and I was like this is brilliant and like I was oh my god absolutely bet into it and then all of a sudden it turned into this like supernatural thing where someone had special powers and they could make thoughts flow out of someone's head and into someone else. And I was like, ah, lads, like I thought this was just real life here. I can't be dealing with supernatural. I just can't. And it's not that I'm scared of it. It's just that I'm like, this isn't real. I can't identify to this or identify with this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you won't be able to identify with the watcher either. So pass. Okay. I'll pass on the watcher. Everyone that is, needs that is a public service announcement for you. Thank you. And for the listeners, watch Taskmaster. Forget about The Watcher. There's a podcast on Taskmaster. You can listen to it as well. Ooh, when you is. finish listening to this one, of yes. course. Yes, only. And only when. And only. Now, we're going to take... A suspiog. A suspiog, a small break um, of a few weeks. But we will be back again in season three. And we hope that you will return. Mm-hmm. We also hope that you'll bring a friend to listen. Honestly. We'd love that. Friends are welcome. One friend, just one. If if every single person that listened to this podcast brought a friend, when I tell you, getting an advertiser would be much easier. <laughs> Please, lads. <laughs> because it all depends on ads uh, and, and numbers. And numbers. So, um, also on the point of, you yeah. know, ads that could lead us into reviews. And if you yeah. feel that way inclined. Oh, here we go five stars and you know when we when we when we move to video they're going to see my spirit fingers and they're, they're going to see those it. spirit fingers and they're yeah. going to be like okay those deserve five stars and yeah. um, or will they we'll see um what's wrong with my, my spirit fingers oh, they're lovely they're lovely okay. they're absolutely lovely okay and okay, on, that note, yeah. on that note we will wrap up this episode and we will see you uh we won't, well actually maybe we will see you, you maybe might see it we'll be on youtube by then um, maybe I'll got, have gotten over myself and be able to tolerate myself on camera and um, we will be speaking to you anyway in a few weeks time and until then stay safe have fun and goodbye bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.